Welcome to Hannibal's Horny Abachi, a dinner party where each week we watch and discuss an episode of Brian Fuller's television show, Hannibal. I'm your host, Sonia, your sick-as-a-dog, friendly neighborhood true crime nerd. Uh, let's go around the table and introduce the rest of the party. Hi, this is JJ. I'm a local filmmaker, local nerd, <laughs> and uh, the fanable of the, of the three. <laughs> Hi, I'm Celeste. I'm actually a Hannibal version, so I'm here to show you my first thoughts and my reactions to the show. Alright, and I'm Sonia, local, as I said, sick too, so if I sound kind of sexier than normal, that's why. Uh, but okay, this week we were, we were watching Amuse-Bouche, which first aired April 11th, 2013. In this episode, Will has officially become a spe special investigator with the FBI, and he assists on a case to find a man who buries his victims alive to grow mushrooms. Hannibal has also been tasked with maintaining Will's mental health in this episode, and this is also the first time we see Freddie Lowndes contaminate a crime scene. Okay, so what's everybody's first impression of this episode? Hmm. Well, creepy for one thing. <laughs> yeah. I was traumatized with the whole, like, mushroom murder scene. Like, I'm still not over it. <laughs> it's been, like, a week since I watched it. Well, I have, uh, one funny thing for me is, like, I'm used to so much horrible stuff. Like, both in real life and in film. And this is still the only episode that freaks me out. Just because of how... Like, I actually titled this in my notes, The Mushroom Episode, just so I remembered which one it was. And I'm just like, it's... I don't know how they came up with the idea for it, because it's so... I don't know, primal in terms of, like, something growing out of you. Because you never think of yourself as something that is going to be... Something, like, when you die, something's going to grow out of you. Like, you don't see yourself as, like, fertilizer. So the idea of seeing these human beings being used to grow mushrooms, that freaked me out. I'm like, ooh. It's like, ooh, there's, well, like... Especially mushrooms. since they're alive, too. Yeah, they were alive. <laughs> <laughs> it grows. But, yeah. Well, just, they weren't like, conscious. They weren't oh, conscious, but it's like, in some ways, they might be. I, I don't mean, know. I think that one dude... Yeah, he, gra he grabbed Will's hand, right? I can't remember. Uh, his arm. Yeah, yeah, he grabbed him. Because yeah. they were living off of IV... IV sugar food, water. Sugar water to promote more mushroom growth, which was gross. <laughs> and I'm like, eh. each time I watch that episode... Because uh, in our city, Winnipeg, we'll say it, just a spoiler oh, alert, we live in Winnipeg. Winnipeg. <laughs> <laughs> well, there is a mushroom factory in the center of town. And so every so often, the wind when the wind is just right, the whole town smells terrible. Like, it's probably a smell we're all used to, but I'm not yet. Mm. <laughs> no, but every single time it comes up, I, uh, whenever I watch this episode, all I can think about is the smell of that factory and how bad these body part mushrooms must smell. Like, I, I'm surprised those kids didn't throw up when they first got there. Like, because how bad must that smell? Sugar water corpses... They're rotting, their skin's coming off. They're, they're obviously being grown in fertilizer as well. And mushrooms don't smell that good to begin with. I don't know, I, li I like them in food, but they don't stink, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought that was weird. Like, that's one of the one things in um, uh, in a lot of these uh, crime shows that they don't talk about at all is the smell. You know, like, I'm, I've read, once you smell rotting flesh, you know, a dead a corpse, whatever, 
you never forget that smell. <laughs> and that's one of the first things I know. I was like, I think you would notice that yeah. smell walking in and just, yeah, whatever. Well, it's just a go- it's such a distinct smell too from what I've read of all my creepy readings is that um, once you, yeah, once you smell it, you never forget what it smells like because it's not, like I've been hunting before. If we can get to the Garrett J- Jacob Hobbs side, like I, I've hunted before and I've, uh, one time I actually found a drowned moose that had just drowned and I was like well there's a moose for me now so I was like I told my dad and we got it out of the water and like cut it up it was it was okay luckily like it didn't burst into maggots when we cut it up or anything so it had just died and it smelled bad and it wasn't like it wasn't even at that stage where it's rotting yet and I'm like how bad like it's one thing that bothers me about crime shows is you don't see how people react to finding a dead body like because if i found a dead body i would like crap my pants go home and change my pants and then call the cops <laughs> it's just like oh my gosh it's horrifying because like how would you think like not that we've luckily never found a body but how would you think you would react if we found one oh probably going to shock <laughs> stand there uh. yeah, basically that's why i thought it was so weird with those like kids didn't react at all they're like oh yeah that's a hand out of the ground <laughs> It's like, oh, look, there's a bow. Like, I would have been crying already. Well, because, like, the old, the closest I've ever been to a body was when this poor man at my parents' house, um, he had a heart attack outside his house, and he died. And we saw him there, be, try, and they were trying to resuscitate him, and that's the only, the closest I've ever been to a body. But still, that was, like, pretty safe type standards. Like, I've never run into somebody who, like, got beat up or anything, but I'm like... People don't react the way they should on shows. <laughs> I guess because mm. it's it's a show and they they don't want to go through the trauma of like these kids going to see Hannibal. They get to work through the trauma. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've been to like for, uh, like several funerals <laughs> in my life, so oh, I've, I've seen uh, lots of lots of bodies. And that's though to be fair, those are bodies prepared for people to look mm-hmm. at them. Um, but I don't. I don't know. Like uh, me personally, I think it, it, yeah, it'd probably be similar to those kids. I'd probably be like, "What's this?" And then, oh, I should probably call somebody. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, who do I call? There's a body in the woods. It's like uh, I found a. I found a thing. Someone come pick it up. <laughs> well, that's one of those terrifying things because um, I, I don't know about our audience, but in Winnipeg we do have that program, Drag the Red, because there's a lot of people who either drown or are thrown into our local rivers and people will drag the river to find evidence of crimes and bodies and stuff and whenever I'm walking down the riverside I'm always terrified that that's gonna happen you're gonna see somebody in the water uh, I don't know it's like I guess we do live in a sort of Baltimore Hannibal universe here is Winnipeg just being itself but yeah it's just um I don't know I guess the fear of me going to see it, that I might see a body is the worst part of it if I ever saw one I'd probably just be like okay it's called cops and then later I'd cry Oh, yeah, yeah, you know, it was so weird. This is actually not about Hannibal. I'm going to pause here for a second. This part, which I'll cut out later, uh, for Taken when we were filming the uh, along the river for just B-roll, there was a shirt, like a female shirt, like just kind of washed up on shore. And I'm just like, Sam, get over here and film this shirt. <laughs> and then after he's filming it, I'm like thinking, oh, shit, I hope that's not anything important. Attached to a body. Like, like I really hope that, oh like, God. fell out of someone's bag or, like, you know, or, like, it just got, you know, yeah, like, it just fell out of someone's bag and it's nothing important. But, that's, like, for, like, a brief moment, I was like, fuck, I hope that's not. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so back, okay, to, back, back to, to the show. 
We should keep that in anyway. We'll just kind of take it. It's like, yeah. we'll just beat the part of the show we're actually working on right now. So. Well, I am a filmmaker, so I do go around like that, doing that stuff. So, but yeah. Uh, but okay, so at the beginning of the episode, we go to J- Kiara Jacob Hobbs's murder cabin where he apparently killed all the girls. And I don't know about you guys, but taxidermy is never not creepy to me. I don't know why. I think it's be- probably because of the psycho aspect of it where like Norman Bates had all that taxidermy. And it's just creepy to me. I say as I wear mukluks with fur on them, but <laughs> fur's okay. <laughs> but like the idea, like my mom for a while when her dog died, she was thinking of having it stuffed and kept around. And I'm like, no, please don't do that. It'll be horrifying, <laughs> terrifying to but, me. Yeah, that's my feeling with taxidermy. Is like with with wild animals, wild game. I'm kind of like you know whatever. Uh, but yeah, with people's pets and stuff, like that's where it gets just a little. <laughs> But I understand, like, you know, grief does weird things to people, and Mm -hmm. animals are just as, you know, important to some people as humans are, so it's like, I get that. But yeah, at the same time, I'm like, well, they always pose so unnaturally, too, because they always look so angry. Like, have you ever seen, like, a a wolf uh, taxidermy? They're always, like, growling, and the idea of seeing that when you come out of your room at night in the dark, and you see this dog figure, like, stuck forever in the snarling pose, I'm like... Yeah, that's a serial killer house. <laughs> well, you know what's weird? Like, I've had dreams like that, actually, where I've seen animals, and then I thought, like, and I, you know, I wake up and go, oh, I'm actually more afraid of a person than I actually am of, or actually, it's really weird. I'm more afraid of ghost dreams <laughs> than of animal and a man in the house dreams. In the, in the With animals and man in the house dreams, I react right away. I, like... I'm going to get you. Get out of my house. Whereas with all freaking ghost dreams, I'm like, oh, my God. And run away like a little girl. Just, like, hide under the blanket like that's going to help anything. Exactly. Like, go figure. Like, I don't know why, like, I got that fight or flight instinct for <laughs> real life. Ghost. But except for the ghosts. It's like, they're going to eat me. Well, I, um, again, back to the hunting thing. Um, so I don't know if you guys noticed in the, in, in the cabin there was all those freaking... Um, bucks uh antlers Mm. there's a house in my parents well my hometown where my parents live he has so many antlers on the front of his house it looks like something out of hannibal like i'll take a picture the next time i go home but like it like there's a middle there's a dream catcher in the middle of it that's lit up like with with christmas lights and various types of antlers like a a various sizes all over the thing and it just looks terrible i'm like man how he I hope he cleaned that because it's like all the maggots on there. Oh <laughs> my god! I don't know. <laughs> keeping trophies, but I guess because I'm not a uh, I'm not a serial killer, so I don't understand keeping antlers as trophies. I don't know. I saw um, a, a lamp at Cabela's that was made out of um, antlers, real antlers, and I'm like, ew, ew, <laughs> gross. <laughs> I don't know. I can I can see the attraction myself. Like the you know I, I went back and forth about it when I was younger like you know like if you're like why do you need a trophy but then sometimes like now that I'm older I'm kind of like you want to it just adds I think to it goes it goes really like internal psychological you know to your mortality and just you want to leave a legacy even as something as simple as I killed all these deer (laughs) look at this bear rug you know I'm a man or or I'm a bush woman look at I'm yeah. Look at me. <laughs> well, I guess it's like an accomplishment, too. Like, it's the thrill of the kill. Mm-hmm. And they want to, like, forever remember that. So they, like, slap it on their wall. Yep. Which brings us to the whole show. It's <laughs> just like, there's a thrill to it. You know, there's a there's an excitement. There's a feeling in your stomach. And, and 
Well, that's a big part of this episode because it's. Um, they say on screen that it's the first time Will ever killed somebody. It was when he killed Garrett Jacob Hobbs in the last episode. Mm-hmm. And the whole episode is Will, Will focusing on his feelings of that kill. Uh, uh, later in the episode, they go to... Uh, they go into Will's appointment with Hannibal where, where, where Will reveals that he actually enjoyed killing Garrett Jacob Hobbs. But in this case, you can see it justifiably that it's okay that he, he killed this man because the man was bad. Like, just to be all black and white about it. I'm like, okay, well, it's okay. Like, you killed the man who was going to kill you, possibly killed this girl. She, he just killed um, his wife. So it was either you or him. Yeah. But I love Will, so of course I'll make excuses. But. Yeah, I thought, well, because, you know, he shot him right when he was slitting his daughter's throat, mm-hmm. so he saved her. So I thought he'll like be like, oh, I saved her. It's not so bad. But no, he's like, really? <laughs> <laughs> well, they bring it up to you about why uh, Will has to see Han- Hannibal's because Will couldn't work in homicide because he couldn't shoot somebody. But then he ended up shooting Garrett J. Grip Hobbs ten times. Which is like, goes past self-defense into, okay, I got a little trigger happy. But in, in his defense, if you were in this situation where this guy was obviously going to kill his daughter and then kill you, wouldn't you, like, fire enough guns to, uh, fire enough bullets to get him down? Oh, for sure. <laughs> like, it's just like a cop, too, so you should know better, but, like, I don't know. What do you think, JJ? Gun-wise? <laughs> <laughs> As I impishly <laughs> grin. Um... You know, like I actually kind of get what it was like. If you if you watch that uh, that scene where he where he does shoot uh, uh, Jared G- Jacob Hobbs, you know, like it, it's wonderfully shot. I love the way like the coloring is and the blood spatter and everything. You know, he's got his hands up like this, and you can see him like looking. It's like bang, 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 and then then he takes a moment and then bang, bang, bang again, and it's just like it, it actually almost went without saying like. He's enjoying this, even mm-hmm. though he's afraid and all this. And then at the end of the scene, you know, you see him just blankly looking at the at the camera. He's got the blood spatter on his glasses, and it's just now he's like, it's almost like I can, I can compare it to like where like if you masturbated for the first <laughs> time, and there was people in the house, and then you're done, and there's that weird moment of shame. <laughs> <laughs> That's a weird comparison, but I can't really reflect it anymore. <laughs> it's just that look on his face where he's like, he feels like, oh, dang. This is wrong. This is wrong. Right. I enjoyed that, but it's like, what do I do with myself? <laughs> well, I think it, like this whole thing comes from his empathy disorder, right? Mm. Like the fact that he like um, can empathize with why people kill. Like, of course, he's going to understand why they do it in the first place because a lot of serial killers... Um, like, not that Will's a serial killer, but a lot of serial killers do it not because of the act or not because of uh, not because of what they get out of it or the hate or anything. It's because it's fun to them. Like, it, they get something out of it, like, either sexually or uh, mentally. Like, the, uh, a lot of people... It's called, like, process or product killers. Like, a lot of people, like, if the process is what gets you off, that's what, what you do it for. And you're like, oh, crap, I got this body I have to get rid of. Or if you want trophies, you, um, you're product killer so you kill to get like that skull or the antlers or like not that I should compare the skull and human skull and antlers but <laughs> like it's um you get something out of it and so I guess Will got um so into it that he he finally understood that part of uh what he couldn't see in the killers before like I think this was the first time he actually um emphasized the empath- empathize with that part of the killers he he empathizes with 
Well, like Hannibal says it at the end, I think, uh, during their therapy session, uh, when uh, Hannibal mentions one of his famous lines that uh, God dropped a, a roof on a hundred of his followers, you know, while they were singing a hymn. Did he enjoy it? <laughs> and then Will says, did God feel good about that? And Hannibal says, he felt powerful. And that's probably one of the main things with, like, serial killers in general, or just sort of bad people in general it's a power play mm-hmm. you know like when you hear about you know people getting uh, like raped in prison and all that half the time it has nothing to really do with anything sexually it's about power you know and dominance and i think yeah i agree with what you're what you're saying is i think will is actually fun, like acknowledging like i like feeling powerful i like feeling strong and that's why like bang 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 like you're going down <laughs> Because because I can make you go down, you know. Like it was just, it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> but it's um it's something too like uh to go to that part because um, Hannibal says gil- killing feels good to God. It's again a reference to him being the sort of vampire of the show because uh, it sounds a lot like like this whole discussion about oh, yeah, God yeah. being. Um, a killer is a lot like what Lestat says in, um, to Louis in an interview with the vampire when Louis is really at odds with the creature he's become because he has to kill to stay alive and Louis cannot handle that. I say Louis instead of Louis because it's the French pronunciation, okay? No, like, no, don't, no, no, don't, no. Don't hate me, people. I totally Because <laughs> we say Louis Riel, not Louis. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, so the quote from Interview with the Vampire that I thought was very similar to this is this one. Evil is a point of view, Lestat whispered now. We are immortal, and what we have before us are the rich feasts that conscience cannot appreciate and mortal men cannot know without regret. God kills, and so shall we, indiscriminately, for no creatures under God are as, are as we are, none so like him as ourselves. That's from the book, by the way. Uh, but he, should, he said something very similar in the film, so... Yeah. But you should watch the film, because there's a lot of guys, hot guys, biting each other in it, so it's really good. <laughs> Slater was pretty cute in it, too, by the way. I'm like, he should have been in it longer, but... Anyway. But yeah, it's, um... I, I like that Hannibal in this episode is Will's shoulder devil, like his evil conscience, whereas Alana is more of his, like, angel, like, oh, you do, make sure it's right for you to do this work. Like, make sure you're not going crazy. You shot a guy ten times. Like, that's okay. Yeah, that's how I kind of feel, like, with Hannibal in th- as a therapist. It's just kind of like, if you think about it, sometimes he's pro- he probably is the worst therapist ever. Because <laughs> he almost says to Will, in a, like, saying it without saying it, well, if it feels good do it <laughs> which is like the worst kind of therapy you can get from yeah you're just like hey well there's a gun right there wouldn't it be fun to shoot everybody <laughs> yeah like he does it gently of course in therapy but it's just like you could just already see it's it's so early in the show you'll see celeste yeah. <laughs> um oh, all right. yeah it's just he's already doing the manipulation thing and it's just it's well, glorious it's, it's done in such a way that he makes it seem like it's your idea Exactly. Yeah, yeah. like it's because mm. like, that's how I, he gets in later in later episodes where he's not um, he's not saying like okay go kill your father. He's saying like wouldn't it be cool if we go kill your father <laughs> or something like like he um, he's like he somehow puts it in your mind that this is how you should this like it's the only right answer to do it my way, but it's not really my way. It's your way because you decided to do it. I'm like, I like how he, um, if you end up doing it, it's not really his fault because he just, he just said, well, you could or you couldn't, but he should. That's the, I don't know. Hannibal's kind of a dick in this episode for that God, reason. He's so good. <laughs> like he really does those things just because he's very curious. 
Yeah, what to see what will happen. Yeah. yeah, which freaks me out because I think that's why I'm so freaked out by Hannibal. Like, um, I was thinking about this on the bus over here. I don't find Hannibal attractive. I find Mads Mikkelsen, um, Mads Mikkelsen, attractive as an actor, and he's adorable in real life and stuff. But as Hannibal, he's just too terrifying. Like he's like, um, he's like, uh, if an alien came to Earth and thought of how a human being should act, that's what Hannibal is. Like, that's how, like, he's somebody who doesn't understand humanity, but this is how he's observed it, how he's chronicled it, and how he thinks it should be. And that's how, that's what freaks me out about him. Like, it's a lot more creepy than in Silence of the Lambs with Anthony Hopkins. Because Anthony Hopkins is, like, the supervillain as Hannibal. But Hannibal in this show is a lot more like a real person you'd meet on the street and be creeped out by. Because I would be creeped out by if I met Hannibal in real life. I don't know how you'd feel, but, like, it's... Something like something about him is wrong. Everything about him is like in in status and wealth and in education. Every, he's like an upper class person, but something's wrong with him. Like, and I, I it always bothers me when people don't see that, especially Will. Like, cause I don't know. I guess I'm projecting onto Will, but well, well, you know, like uh, I think in, in one instance, and no offense to anybody in this room, but I don't know <laughs> if we'd ever actually meet a man like Hannibal because of his status, yeah, and because of the culture that he puts totally immerse himself in. Yeah. Which is, but <laughs> if you find interesting, which is probably like half the reason like he's in that culture is those kinds of people wouldn't even notice the real you unless they really, really wanted to try, and you know, like. It's, it's just a different, you know, high-class people are in a culture of their own. <laughs> and so that's why I'm, like, thinking we probably wouldn't know. We them, yeah. Because, like, uh, I'm reading a book uh, by Clive Barker called Galilee. It's about um, a family of wealthy people who are at odds with this supernatural family. And the the family deals with, like, uh, the culture of class and upper-class New York. And that's what, make me, that's what it makes me think of, this mask of, of how you're supposed to react in front of rich society and... But it still creeps me out because, like, if Hannibal was like my psychology professor, it would creep me out. I'll be like, dude, we're like, there'd be a picture of him in our textbooks about like definition of a serial killer, and you'd look at him and you'd be like, mm-hmm. yeah, I suspect him. <laughs> but I don't know if he'd be teaching at like university level. He'd probably be in med school level psychology. But yeah, it's just like, but he's so cr- like, I don't know how you feel about him right now since we're only two episodes in, but. Mm. Like, I guess because we do have that omnipresent knowledge of what he really is. But still, even if you ignore that, some of him is kind of... I don't know, I say this as a poor person and an educated person, but I'm like, <laughs> he is like, even, like, I'd be the type of person who'd be, uh, when I'd serve him at a restaurant, I'd be the person he'd kill, probably, because <laughs> I was rude to him. <laughs> like, throwing napkins on, t- on his lap and stuff. I was like... <laughs> Oh, but uh, uh, another thing I was going to comment on on what you were saying earlier, comparing uh, the uh, the TV show Hannibal to the movie Hannibal. Have you seen the movie Hannibal at all? No. Nope. Right, none of them? Oh, okay. Well, I'm a virgin. Right, right. Okay. The whole thing. Well, then, okay. <laughs> to introduce you to Anthony Hopkins, like you should watch Silence of the Lambs sometime. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a oh, no, cinematic classic, actually, in my mind. Yeah, it's pretty um, good. I like it. <laughs> I remember I used to be quite fascinated with uh, Anthony Hopkins' uh, performance as Hannibal. Um he was he's just downright scary and mm-hmm. whatnot in the in the film but um and then i just i started to dislike it after i started watching the tv show because of the but then i thought you gotta remember this is hannibal before he he goes to prison whereas in uh in uh the film silence of the lambs he's in prison and he doesn't need to he doesn't need his person yeah. suit anymore you know like who 
everybody knows who he is, what he's done, you know. And whereas in the TV show, yeah, we're seeing him before incarceration. So it's like he's supposed to be charming. He's supposed to be this. He's supposed to be intelligent. And it's just you're supposed to like him, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, so I'm, I'm quite fascinated how, like, you already, like, uh, at the beginning of the show, just, okay. I'm terrified of him. Yeah. <laughs> whereas, like, I was completely, like, it's like, like yeah. I was I was just charmed by him right away, you know? Well, I'm charmed by him, but in that, uh, here's a line from later in the show that, like, we won't get to for another two or three years, probably, but there's a, there's a character who meets Hannibal later, I won't mention who it is, but he, but they say, um, I'm enchanted but terrified. That's how I feel about Hannibal. Like, he, he's such a fascinating character, but... Like, if I, if I met him in real life, something was wrong. I don't know. That's how I feel. Like, just that's the sum up of it. Like, something is wrong with him, and you could tell. But um, I think that that's why I, I... Okay, to introduce Freddie Lowndes. Freddie Lowndes, this is her ver- first episode where we see her on screen. I love her. Another uh, gender swap. Yeah, because she's uh, Frederick Lowndes in the show. Oh. In, the mo- in the book. And she's played by... Um, she's played by, as a male character by Philip Seymour Hoffman in Red Dragon. He was really good in that. I really liked him in that one. But, yeah, like, Freddie Lowndes is, like, the coolest character. I hate her so much, but she's so cool. Like, <laughs> but I think that um, I, my, my, my like of Freddie is why I, uh, because she's, um, well, I can't bring it up later, but in later episodes, Freddie's always um, a little wary of Hannibal. Mm-hmm. Like, she keeps herself, like, she's not charmed by it. I guess is the word. She's not charmed by him, and but she like keeps him around because she thinks he's cool. He's cool, I guess. But one thing I wanted to know in this episode, though, why um, Freddie is caught recording Will and Hannibal's session? Why didn't he kill her? Like I wanted to ask uh, JJ that. <laughs> I was like, why do you think he didn't kill her? Even though she like did she because she confessed or like why do you guys think she he didn't kill her? Because he totally could have. That's an interesting question. I didn't, never even thought of that. Because like, broke a, she broke a rule, right? So, like, one of his dead fast rules. And I'm like... I believe the line yeah. is, you have been terribly rude, Miss Lowndes. What's to be done about that? And that's what... And then you cut the food. So. Well, I'm actually... I'm not surprised that he didn't kill her. You know? He reads her all the time. <laughs> oh, it's tattle crime, yeah. Tattle crime, you know. Uh, serial killers really enjoy reading about themselves, you know? Oh. And she does it quite well. Like, even though she probably doesn't always put him in the best light when he does put his work out there, but... Um, She's still appreciating it, yeah. Yeah, like, he he eats that... <laughs> he eats that shit up. <laughs> well, it's like, um, did, you ever, did you hear about Luca Magnata? Okay, so Luca Magnata was this, uh, this man who killed um, a... a a foreign exchange student in Montreal and sent a bunch of his body parts to various party office, uh, various government party offices in Canada. Oh yeah, yeah. And yeah. he went on the lam, and they found him. Uh, I don't know the exact location, but they found him somewhere in Europe, googling his own name and reading the stories that came up. Because so, like, serial killers are really. 
I don't know, narcissistic, narcissistic in terms of what they, like, because they want people to know. Like, mm-hmm. BTK was a big one where he was, like, when people weren't talking about him enough, he'd actually write into the papers and say, like, why aren't you talking about me more? Like, all this is <laughs> happening, I'll kill somebody just yeah. so you can, like, write about it. Same with the Zodiac. Zodiac was the same thing, yeah. Zodiac is my favorite. Well, exactly, that's, yeah. that's my theory, why he doesn't kill her right away. Plus, he still has to maintain... A persona of just a therapist at this point. Yeah. Only episode two. <laughs> I know. It's like I was like, damn it, why didn't you kill Freddy? Yeah. So, if like like he's just, uh, I think he just uh, made enough an impression on her, hoping like this is enough. You like, know, like stop being an asshole. <laughs> yeah, like behave yourself, Miss Lowndes. Speaking you know? of her being an asshole, they find her hair at uh, Garrett Jacob Hobbs's murder house. Mm. And I don't know why Jack didn't arrest her because she basically contaminated a freaking crime scene. They could arrest her with, like, possibly being there during the murders. Like, I don't know, like, Jack, for some reason, I love Jack as a character, but sometimes I'm wondering how he got to the top of where he is right now, like, letting people go to contaminate more crime scenes. Well, Dad, this is that same episode, right? Where, yeah. Uh, he, he tries to arrest her. Tries to arrest her, but the tr- the trade-off was like, uh, yeah, like... Don't talk about Will. Don't talk about Will. Yeah. Just like... And uh, a piece of hair is just not enough evidence. Like, uh, it could be argued, like, if they ever went to court about it, it could be argued she was just literally there to take pictures and that was it. Uh, the evidence is the tattle crime thing, you know, mm-hmm. for putting that out there. And her hair probably just got snagged on a... Like a piece on of an antler, antler. And but that was still, it. it's like, oh my god! Like, I'm terrified by. Um, uh, if you ever watch Forensic Files, like basically every single thing can get you caught. Like, I, it's amazing. Like, cause I like, I'm not that I've ever thought about murdering anybody, but the idea of how high. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, I we've all thought about it, but it's like, how hard would it be to get away with it? Like, it's um... that's the first line in the, <laughs> in the first episode. Right? It's it's so like, we've all thought about killing somebody, <laughs> whether by your own hand or the act of God. <laughs> now that we've gotten that out of the way, all right, uh, well, it's like, um, like. Because uh, most people, uh, I, don't, I think we discussed this in the last episode, but most people will kill somebody they know. Or you will be killed by somebody you know, or maimed by somebody you know. And so it's like, um, knowing that, then I can't kill anybody. <laughs> so, well, that's making, uh, they're going to use these in court now, these recordings. But, like, anything can get you caught. And I, I have no idea how anyone would risk that. Like, because it's so, like, oh, a bit of my skin flake landed on this table, and now everybody knows I was here during that murder, and I'm like, oh, no. Not necessarily. Like, uh, if you think of uh, a good example would be probably, like, O.J. Simpson. Oh, yeah. There was evidence everywhere, and yet he still got off, you know, scot-free. Sometimes you can have, like, really good evidence against someone, but if you argue it well enough... You'll be get fine. Off, yeah. <laughs> you could get off. Don't take our advice, people. Don't yeah. take our <laughs> advice. But it's still like, um, I really admire Freddie. Uh, I think this is one of the coolest intros to a per- to a character. I mean, other than her appearing naked at the beginning of the episode. But I like that she um, she does all these like really horrible things to get her story. And she's basically running a blog. That's all it is, right? That's all title crime is, is her is her journalistic blog Mm -hmm. that she's running and just like messing with Jack's crime scenes and stuff (laughs) like she just follows him around and stuff and she has all these cops under her under her 
like in her book basically that she can just contact and be like hey like what's going on why was will there blah 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 but she's so cool like and her hair is fantastic like i don't know i want um celeste to draw her <laughs> like have her be like a steven universe type poof of hair where it's just oh like God, i love her hair <laughs> i want her so hair cool. <laughs> well and it's like how do you get like get, well again this is a whole up like the the underlying message of this show is like how does anybody have time to get to look as good as they do on the show when they're going to like a murder cabin in the middle of the woods it's just like <laughs> I don't know. I, I get up like five minutes before I have to leave. <laughs> before it's I, like, know, I have done miracles before. <laughs> I mean, today I only had five minutes to get ready to like go out the house. And look at me now. <laughs> it's like stylish fun. But it's like, uh, I don't know, like um, going back to what um, like Hannibal and Will's, uh, what should we call it? Going back to their appointment, like, I don't know, it's funny how well they get on so quickly, because in the last episode, like, Will, well, Will hadn't killed the guy yet, but uh, Hannibal and Will were, like, at odds a bit, like, Hannibal was trying to get his interest, but Will was like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure I want to hang out with this, this dude who's kind of weird, kind of interested in me. Oh, no, I'm not interested in him. <laughs> like, you know, like, the type of guy, the type of person when you're like, oh, he's kind of hit, he's kind of hitting on me, but I don't know if I really like him. <laughs> he's kind of rich, but no. <laughs> so, why am I acting like they're a couple? Because they are a couple. <laughs> don't get me started. <laughs> but I want Will to be happy. Like, let him, let him be taken off of the job for a while and go hang out with the dogs mm. and stuff. Those poor dogs. How bad must his house smell with all those dogs and him sweating up nightmares every night? I'm going to say that later in season two. It's like, that house must smell bad. <laughs> but going back to the mushrooms, um, for the true crime aspect of the show, I was l- looking into um, how many serial killers had buried people alive. There's a few. There's a few. Uh, but what ke- I kept coming back to was um, these... Th- I don't know if you've read about it, JJ, but these um, places called body farms. Mm-hmm. Body farms are these uh, plots of land on university uh, grounds, usually in places not on actually on campus because of their purpose. But it's where people will um, donate their bodies and the university will dump the bodies on the patch of land and see what happens. So, um, what was it? And just look at my notes. So, these uh, began in the at the University of Tennessee in the seventies, and they the first body farm was founded by William M. Bass. He wrote a book about uh, all the all the stuff that they did because it was a really hard sell to get him to, to get for the university to give him land to put bodies on. They started with one. And um, even though the, I really enjoyed the book, the book is a really dry read because it's just like him being like, well, no one wanted to give us land and to put bodies on. So. <laughs> and it's like a book about bodies rotting you'd think would be the most metal thing in the world. But it just like it just reads like an academic text, but it's really funny. Anyway, it's really good. I think you should read it. Uh, but um, the knowledge of human decomposition hadn't advanced at that point past what had been done in the 13th century in China, where this uh, forensic anthropologist named Song Chi had studied what happened to a body when it rotted. So at the body farm at the U of T, uh, Bass and his students quickly learned about the various stages of decay 
and how to estimate time of death by things like insect activity. So like they found that flies will show up immediately, maggots will show up at a certain amount of time, roaches will come, like all kinds of weird things. So it was really fascinating to read about. Uh, there are currently six body farms in the U.S., but there's a lot of academic criticism about, about them because they're all in basically the same parallel of land in the U.S. So a body rotting on the top of Everest is not going to rot the same as the bo- as a body in Australia, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. So like, there's been talk of getting more places for these bodies to rot, which is funny. <laughs> so like, you don't need your body. But anyway, they're developing ones in India right now and just outside of Sydney and Australia. Yeah, um, let's just stick bodies in the hottest places ever. <laughs> yeah. What could happen? It, so the one in India is actually using cattle corpses to find out what happens to bodies when they when they uh, when they decompose. Why cattle? You should use pigs. Yeah, the, that's the, what I'm thinking. Pigs closest uh, to uh, human beings. Yeah. Yeah, human example is pigs. And in case you're wondering, you can don- donate your body to the farm, but they have waiting lists. So you gotta yes. put your get frozen and something. It <laughs> makes you kind of wonder, like, what kind of like people who like wants to donate their bodies to <laughs> to science? Yeah, <laughs> like because they have they have like family who probably wants to like you know bury them. So are they like people who don't have a lot of family? Usually, or are they, like, I was, so like. Well, in the book, they would get bodies donated by the morgue for people who oh. wouldn't be picked up. Um, some weirdos like me would probably be like, yeah, just toss me out in the woods. For science. <laughs> but they actually cage the body so that you um, animals can't drag it away. Like, uh, they want to, they put it in various types of environments. So, like, uh, there was one uh, case they were talking about where they wanted to see what would happen if you uh, put a body in a burning house. What would happen to it? And how it would rot if the body was allowed to leave there. Or they submerged one. Um, I think there was one where they just left uh, left it half buried and saw what happened. I love that this is like an academic study that people I'm have written. I'm learning so much <laughs> on the <this> show. <laughs> it's like, what was that Hannibal line? We should get it, uh, get it, um, we should get it isolated so we can play that whenever we learn something new. It's like, I'm fine. I'm learning so much. <laughs> so. <laughs> But it's like, it's fascinating stuff, but it's like, um, uh, it smells so bad there apparently. Like I was reading, like some of the students are used to it. Like you get used to it after a while, but like, I think they went to one on dirty jobs and like Mike Rowe could not handle how bad it smelled out there because it's Tennessee in the South in the middle of summer and seven or eight bodies are rotting out in this field. And you're like, man, that would be so crazy. Mm-hmm. Especially ones run ones rotting in water, like that's the, like um I hope I never like I'm gonna stop bathing after a certain age if I'm living alone just so I don't die in the tub in like water and I'm like eh. I've seen enough rotten.coms to know what happens in there so yeah that's just really gross but yeah read that book by William B- Bass it's kind of it's kind of boring but it's still like it's about bodies rotting in the middle of the woods like it's cool like. You know, another author who does something similar is uh, Mary Roach. She wrote a book, too. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, oh, it's called Stiff. Yeah. It's, yeah the, the life of uh, dead bodies. <laughs> what, what, what they get used for, for, for medicine, for science, and all like that. And she, my, one of my favorite parts from that book is she went to the body farm. <laughs> and I think she has, like, uh, she has, like, an assistant with her or something. I don't know what. But um, someone described the maggots uh, doing their thing on a body sounding like uh, Rice Krispies. Uh. Rice Krispies cereal. When you pour the milk, that crackling sound. Uh, oh and, then, and then the guy with her was like, yeah, I don't eat Rice Krispies anymore. Damn it, JJ, I love Rice Krispies. <laughs> 
again. Never. You, I'll make it worse for you. I went home and friggin' bought a box of Rice Krispie cereals and did and did that. And poured just, the milk just so I could hear it. I was like, <laughs> sounds like maggots. Well, since I'm here. Oh my god. <laughs> I am one of those weirdos. I was just like, because it got stuck in my head from reading the book. And I was like, now I well, want Rice Krispies. That is one of the, like, uh, related to more bodies rotting. Um, in, in Silence of the Lambs, they have that scene where uh, Clarice is going to go help them uh, with one of the Buffalo Bill victims that they pulled out of the water. That was one of the most, the grossest scenes I'd ever seen. Because you never see her fully. You only see, like, some, her skin is discolored. There's, like, uh, in, the, in the movie, Buffalo Bill is a person who's killing these women to get their skin so he can make a suit out of them and so this girl's missing like a bunch of triangle flush on her back and uh you can see clarice acting like reacting in, in a really honest way because she's still a student right and at this time and she's got like the the vicks vapor rub under her nose to prevent herself from throwing up and there's this really beautiful scene where they've uncovered the body you can obviously tell it smells really bad in there and there's a scene where you see clarice in the mirror like just like bracing herself to turn around i'm like that would be me if i ever saw a body because i'm like terrified of that type of because you've seen bodies at funerals, right? But those are like made up. They're yeah, yeah. like they're not going to. It's different. Yeah. yeah, but when you see a body, like I don't know, I want to. There's this woman on Instagram who's a coroner, and every time she posts stuff about like uh, some of the work she does, obviously like she blacks out um, identifying features. But I'm like, how do you react to that stuff? Well, I would imagine after uh, after time, some time's yeah, you, gone by, you I, just. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you just, you, you get cold to it. It's just, yeah. Like, a good example would be my mother. Let, <laughs> since we're talking about psychology, let's talk about my mother. Uh, well, she's a nurse. And just, uh, I've noticed, like, ever since she became a nurse, like, like if you compare, like, uh, mostly talking about bedside manner, when, you know, when we're sick or whatever like that, she'd be, like, super, like, yeah, oh, it's okay, everything will be fine. And then when she became a nurse and she had to turn on that switch that, kind of tones down the so she doesn't go home traumatized all the time whenever we got sick afterwards it would be like here here's some medicine no just (laughs) stay there and don't move and i'd be like even to this day like she'll like don't do this and okay and that's it and i'm like you know your bedside manner can use a little work (laughs) so that like that's a kind of a, a personal like thing where it's like i realize after some point sometimes people will turn that turn that dial down where it's like you don't feel it as much, so you're not as affected from the work. And I imagine she's probably just the same. And if anything, probably uses some humor to. <laughs> oh, she get does. Through. Yeah, she posted a picture of um, a guy who. Okay, to get up a little bit gross here. I know we're just talking about bodies, but she posted this picture of um, a guy who had put a cock ring on, and the cock ring was a way too small for the work he was doing, and it got caught. And I was just like, eh. oh, so he died? No, he didn't die. But oh. like, it, like she, she was doing it as like a, to- uh, was it pathology? Oh, uh, well, no, pathology means you're dead. But yeah, like they were just showing, like she just shows cool pictures of weird medical stuff. But I was like, like imagine you, you remember when you're a little kid, you'd wrap like uh, elastic bands around your finger. Oh, imagine yeah, turn your that, finger but blue. like super mm-hmm. tighter and around something that if you lost blood flow to it, it would fall off. So <laughs> I was like, oh, uh, is that what happened to him? 
Yeah, that's what happened to him. It almost fell off, oh. yeah. I think he lost a testicle or something. I don't know. I'll, I'll let you guys know on the next episode. i got to look that up. But that's rough. Imagine me reading this on the bus and, like, looking at these pictures. Like, oh, look at this woman who, like, brought it to a, to a couch. I'm like, ew, cool. Look at this picture of, like, a, a leg that was chopped off. I'm like, man, people, like, I never get to see faster than when I'm looking at this stuff. So... <laughs> Right, so back okay. to the show. Back to the show, yeah. <laughs> um, this was also one of the episodes where we see Beverly and Will hanging out. And Beverly is one of my favorite characters on the show. And I wish her and Will could get together and have a happy relationship. But they're my OTP, like my like my one true pairing in terms of like if things were better, they could run off into the sunset together and forget about the FBI. I don't know. Um, I always saw her more as a bro. You know? Yeah, she's a total bro with with Will, but I'm I'm still like I'm like oh I wish they could. in another time they could have been together somehow. I don't know, like as friends or something, living in like a frat house or something. But that's one of the interesting things too. I read in fan fiction is she's always like the best bro in every single fan fiction I ever read. Uh, but the only thing that kind of makes me sad when I read some of the fan fiction, it's like everyone forgets. What happens to Beverly down the down the line? Oh no! <laughs> it's uh, good stuff. No. It's good stuff. It's like no. I don't believe you guys. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> it d- doesn't happen for a long time. Don't worry about it. Yeah, you'll be okay. Yeah, but, but Beverly <laughs> is like. Um, I think Beverly was actually a no, Be- and Beverly was a was the same character in the books too. I think she's only mentioned briefly though in Red Dragon. But Beverly is one of my favorite characters because she Mine is too. she is one of those people like she is like that coroner on Instagram. She'd be the one like making jokes about it and just being because I, I her job is really hard. Like she does a job that not not a lot of people would do. Like especially being that close to um, a bunch of like basically all of America's uh, terrible corpse serial killer problem and like she is fun. She's really nice. She teaches Will how to shoot better yeah <laughs> which i really liked and me too and i really like that she um like there's a lot in there's an abundance especially later of really really cool female characters on the show and i really like that bev is um i don't know someone who's there for will without uh wanting any, anything in return yeah she's there for him as a friend like Alana wants stuff out of him Jack wants him to be psychotic in terms of like what he's doing with his life and but Bev is just like what's wrong Will are you okay let's go get an ice cream like my favorite bit of let's go get <laughs> my favorite bit of art is um it's a picture of Will and Bev sitting on a bed and Bev is um braiding Will's hair for some reason and like he's he's looking at his nails that have just been painted, and she's like, "Man, Hannibal," and Will saying like, "Man, Hannibal sucks," and she's like, "Yeah, he does." <laughs> and, she's like, and I'm like, I wish they had more scenes like that, like where it's just them hanging out. Like, cause you know, um, the one problem I have with the show is you never see them just hanging out. Like you always see them at work or having nightmares at home or um, plotting things, and I would love to see like what what especially what the the forensics team does in its spare time because it's like a, like a bunch of a fun group of people. Like uh, Scott Thompson plays one of the guys. I mm-hmm. love him. Scott Thompson's a little. Well, that's kind of half the reason too. I read fan fiction is fan fiction will come up with tons of <laughs> backstories for all these side <laughs> characters. Like, oh, like there's so many where, like, uh, what was my most favorite one? My most favorite one I read in fan fiction was uh, there was a thing where uh, Will goes to the opera with Hannibal. He, he does that a lot in a couple. Anyway. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, one of the things. Do they ever go to the movies? <laughs> There's like a thing where uh, the three of them. Um, oh, what are all the characters' names? Jimmy, Jimmy, uh, Jimmy Price, um, Bev, Bev, and, and the other guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so awful. Mean. Anyway, um, they do things like where they make bets on uh, who wears the fanciest watch in the <laughs> in the uh, the the. Ugh, I'm, I'm totally bombing this. What's was that in the newspaper where like uh, the the cultural section and the, oh, they yeah. said and uh, they, they I, I I totally ruined this. But oh, I, just keep going. <laughs> you got this, JJ. <laughs> so anyway, in fan fiction, they they come up with a whole bunch of like uh, side things for all these characters, and I love it so much. And it's just because, like you said, in the show, you don't get to see what a lot of their side things are, and the joy of fan fiction is people will make it up for you and it's like yeah that feels like a thing like that character would do and that's like one of the few times where they stay with a little bit of canon they kind of go well the character did this and this in the show they probably would like doing this uh, on the side or whatever and half the reason i read fan fiction is just because it keeps the show alive on that you know Mm -hmm. i i still kind of categorize it as fluff only because it's a happy part it's a it's a happy part you know everyone's still doing their thing you know it's kind of before we some of it's mostly before we get to season three and so uh the character's name was brian zeller brian zeller yeah but i usually call him by the actor's name Marion adams but yeah i just had to look that up real quick yeah. <laughs> i love that too when people like do like make uh, like a pass for side characters because you know sometimes that's just what they are side characters you don't really know like a lot about them so the fact that fans make this whole like they make them more of a person, and I do. I love that yeah. in fan fiction. What, what, what do they call it? Fanon? Like, um, where it becomes... Like, canon. Yeah, where it becomes, like, um, the the accepted fan theory for how these shows are. Mm. And I like how sometimes it gets taken into the show itself if it comes back. Like, uh, I'm trying to think of a good example, but, like... Um, like, because I love calling him Fanon. It's one of my favorite things. The only time I don't like Fanon is when it's Steven Universe. Because mm-hmm. like, it's like Steven Universe. Like, not, we'll talk about it on our Steven Universe podcast. But, <laughs> like, all the theories that come up with Steven Universe, whatever the show comes up with is always a thousand times better. So sometimes I'm, like, hesitant about it. I'm like, ooh, no, I don't want to know what the fans yeah, are Yeah, you don't want to be married to it too much. Yeah, because it's like, it, it ruins things. Because people mm-hmm. will be like, oh, no, that's not how... Um, Link in Legend of Zelda would act. I'm like, he doesn't talk. How would he act? He act like you play as him. Like, but it's um, yeah. Like we were just discussing this before the recording about how um, how canon divergence is sometimes an annoying thing. Like that's I was reading a bunch of fan fiction last night, as you do, and so I was reading Hannibal Will, which I don't really read just because I it's really hard for me to get into it. And there was this one where Will was acting a lot more. For lack of a better term, girly than he does on the show. Like I don't know, I I really hate fiction where they have to cast somebody in the feminine role. Mm. I'm like I don't know, it's just not a bad writing to me if somebody, like oh, are there two males in a relationship? Who's the woman? I'm mm, like that's yeah. some, like that's something I come up with. like sometimes I hate about fan fiction where because um, largely a lot of it is written by women, right? Yeah, and w- some women have not met a gay man or. Or you have seen men in a relationship, so they're like, oh, like, well, which one's the woman? Will's obviously the woman because he's so small and delicate and stuff. But it just bothers me because I'm like, 
but Will is like this killer, like this burgeoning killer, especially mm-hmm. later when he goes nuts. Like, not, I'm not spoiling <laughs> it. I'm, this <laughs> not spoiling. <laughs> he has Spoiler. potential, but like, but like, it's uh, it just bothers me that people forget that that Will is not a girly man. He can take care of himself. He made it to the FBI Academy. Well, no, I agree. I think that's where uh, you can really uh, pinpoint a good writer who uh, doesn't project their own things like that quite too much onto onto characters and still hangs on to a lot of the the stuff established from the show. I mean, there's an obvious reason you like this show. So why don't you keep what (laughs) the writers had done, you know, and do your best with that? Uh, I get, you know, um, I I call them ficklets. They're like one page. You know, those are the ones where, go nuts. (laughs) You know, it's one page. Yeah, I know. That's not, the character would never say that, but never do that. I don't care. It's a ficklet. I'll enjoy it. But if you're going to do like, Freaking, I've read like 15 chapter, like they're 10 pages in each chapter. Um, I'm not proud. <laughs> uh, <laughs> where it's like they, they, they pay real close attention to it. And uh, there there is some that I've read, like you've said, where, yeah, they have obvious male and female roles. Um, and then there's some people like uh, I originally uh, recently joined a, a Hanagram gift exchange and <laughs> Secret Santa, uh, the person I got... I, I won't say her name. Uh, she put right in there in the right because you can put your specifics what you want, and she put right there. I want top Hannibal, bottom Will, nothing else. And I was like, "Wow, that's very specific." <laughs> okay. Whereas when I put my stuff in there, I said, "Write whatever you want. Mm-hmm. You know, as long as it's uh, over age, like over the age of eighteen. All characters are over the age of eighteen, and it's consensual. That's all I want. So go nuts. Any uh, any pairing really." Uh, but yeah, like there's just some that they project all that kind of, their real preferences on things like that. And it's just, I'm like, you know what? Have some fun, you know? <laughs> well, like, uh, well um, for fan fiction, I can't stand when Will cooks. Like that's one thing that made me, oh my take God. me out of the Oh my story. God, when Will cooks. <laughs> I'm like, well, Hannibal would not allow that. Like, I don't know if you, uh, if Celeste has gotten into the fan fiction yet. Nope. <laughs> but yeah, you'll see once you go into it. It's like, are we uh, doing that? Are we making her read fan fiction? Because I have so many <laughs> that I can recommend. This wasn't part of the contract. <laughs> <laughs> but that, well, oh my god, that's a good idea. We should. But, well, we have, like, <laughs> we not, should. Do I have to do like a book report? <laughs> just like right. <laughs> just like sum up handgram and two words. <laughs> <laughs> but it's um, like fan fiction is hard for me just because um, there's so there's an abundance of it, especially with handgram. Yeah. I don't like calling it Hannigram song. <laughs> like, it feels wrong for me just, to call Just say it. Hannibal fan fiction. That's Hannibal right. fan fiction. I do like Hannibal fan fiction, but no one writes the pairings I want. Like, I sound selfish, but I'm just like... But uh, the one thing I don't like about Hannibal fan fiction, which is terrible for the for the show, is content. I don't like how much non-con there is. Like, non-consensual fanfic. Like, it's... it's considering a show that basically doesn't deal too much with sexualized crime, that kind of bothers me. I'm just like, eh. Yeah, like, uh, do you remember I was telling you uh, when last time I said I read a, a dark piece that just totally disturbed me? That's what it was. It was non-con. And, oh, okay. And I was just like, but what was interesting, actually, and we should probably talk about this more <laughs> when we get there, it actually wasn't uh, Hannibal Will. Uh, it was uh, another thing the fans have done, have taken characters that uh, Mass Mickelson has played and Hugh Dancy has played and paired those. Which I like, which I like. Which is very interesting, yeah. Like, uh, they pull, like, what's that one movie uh, he did, uh, Men and Chicken? Like, <laughs> Elias? Uh, alias? Alias? I don't know how to say it. Uh, his character and paired it with, uh, 
uh, what's Hughes' character's name? Adam Towers or something from in- Basic Instinct or something. I don't know. Oh, yeah, he was in Basic Instinct, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I watched that solely. Just to that's, see. that's a pairing. <laughs> or, like, uh, Hugh Dancy played a character named Adam, uh, where he plays, like, uh, someone completely autistic on, on the spectrum and pairs him with uh, Mass from uh, uh, Charlie Countryman or something. Mm-hmm. Pairs those two together, like... So the fiction I read was where one of those these side characters pairings got put together and it was non-con and I was just kind of like eh, so. kind of dirty yeah yeah like I, I felt so <laughs> like bad took a shower afterwards <laughs> kind of like there was parts in there that was I was kind of like okay okay I'm hanging in there and then when it's getting when it's happening you're like oh. <laughs> So I skipped ahead. I literally skipped ahead because you can you can see it, right? You kind of go. Like it's okay, for when you get to the bottom, and I was like, eh, okay, well, I gave it a best shot. But yeah, it's well, like random fan fiction thing. I hate when people will try to come up with random names for penises. It makes me laugh each time. Like it's like uh, member. Cock. Yeah. Um, or what was it? Um, I I can't remember the worst name. I I'll look it up later. But like it drives me nuts if like. <laughs> Especially uh, one thing that, well, I, I mentioned numerous things, but I don't like when people refer to characters by their hair color, especially if they both have the same hair color. <laughs> it drives me nuts. Yeah, they do that. It's oh, like but that's the, funny because yeah. that's actually, I never noticed that Tannable was blonde until someone wrote that <laughs> in a fan fiction. The, the tall blonde looked at the brunette. I was like, Hannibal's fucking blonde <laughs> because I always I only knew masses with, with the with the you know silver fox gray hair, so I never even really noticed while watching the show. <laughs> like, oh, I was like. He's freaking blonde. Uh, <laughs> so right, sometimes there's people like me who just don't even see the freaking obvious. <laughs> well, I'm just so much obvious stuff in the first episode, but, but it's like, yeah, we're just like, okay, so okay, we gotta go back to the okay, final okay, final thoughts. Yeah. Okay, all right. So who was uh, your favorite character in this episode and why? JJ or Celeste? Who ever goes first? Um, let's see. Well, Will, of course. <laughs> That's probably going to be my answer for, like, every podcast we do. But I really like, um, oh, what's her name again? The redhead. Oh, Freddie. Yeah. Yes, she's amazing. <laughs> I mean, she's very, like, you got to, like, respect her passion mm-hmm. for what she does. Like, she gets the job done. Yeah, if she were, a, like, well, she's a man in um, Red Dragon. But, mm-hmm. like, um, they don't really, like, they know Freddie in the movie is an asshole. And they like they actually react with disgust to him, but and but she, and she basically acts the same way in the show, and I like that that's a woman in that role. Like she's this beautiful, charming, really smart woman who's acting like with such horribleness that it's something you usually don't see out of a female character. Mm-hmm. And I guess that's why I really like her because she is deplorable, but she really works hard because she really loves what she does. And I'm like, uh, I, well, obviously now she's my favorite character this episode. But, uh, I really value how hard she hustles. Like she is like, uh, you can assume the title crime is just her. That's just her writing the stuff. And she probably puts out like, let's let's guess, like maybe three articles a day. Like let's say three articles a day. That's seven days a week. All this work all the time following people around, like harassing cops and following ambulances. And in the book, um, the the real Freddie Lowndes go, breaks into Will's uh, hospital bed and takes pictures of him while he's there. 
And I'm like, that's something that, like, that's, like, the hardcore journalism from the past. And I'm like, I love that she keeps that up for her blog. Like, she must have, like, a Patreon or something. People just, like, paying her money all the time. Like Probably. Like, she it's probably serial killers killing. that pay her yeah. to do it. Like, she it's just, been... like, considering how popular true crime podcasts are, she's probably making a killing just on true, like, her No pun her intended. Website. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, send us money, please. But, <laughs> but it's, like, it's so cool that she is, like... Like uh, I'm glad that she's on the show just because I, I love having a character you can hate that is still someone you admire. Like it would be cool to be my friend, or I, w- I would love to be her friend. <laughs> you know what I love more too is like because she's female too. She still keeps on that, you know, like f you all. I'm doing what I want to do. Whereas like they probably would like in any other show, they would have had a moment where she would have like felt bad for what she did. Like just because she's female, you know, just because she's a girl, she would probably be like. Like, everyone's yelling at me, and I feel sad. So Jack was mean to me you know, today. Let's play some sad music while I comb my hair. You know, <laughs> but she never does that. But she that. never does it. You know, yeah. she doesn't freaking so regret it. Cold. Whereas, like, because if she was a male character, you know, men are like, whatever, man. I'm going to do what I want. She wouldn't feel guilty at all. Exactly. And that's what I love best, probably, about Freddie Lowndes. I still um, don't like her, but. Yeah. <laughs> my like, my favorite character still is Hannibal. Hannibal is how funny. I love him. And he scares me, though. Uh, but, like, why did you like Hannibal this episode? Just being evil vampire man? No, uh, I really um. like, because uh, we finally got to see him do his, like, uh, more his therapy thing. We finally get to su- finally see the, you know, start start to put his feelers out there on what Will's about and starts thinking about how best to work his magic on Will, his crazy magic. And it's just... And we got to see, like, more of his office. You know, you get to see more of the library. And it's just all this different stuff, like, whereas I think with any other patient, they would be sitting in that chair in front of him, whereas this his first appointment with Will. Will's, like, up on the... Just walking around. Walking it's like around. It's, like, it's, uh, it's, or, it's already unorthodox, you know. Uh, but, I, like, I feel like already you also see he lets Will do anything because <laughs> he wants to... Will's friend. <laughs> so um, that, that's me. That's why I still still love Hannibal. Should we address the most amazing quote of like the the episode, which was, which is, I love to have you both for dinner. Anytime <laughs> <laughs> he says stuff like that, I'm just like, hey. I was like, hey. <laughs> I see what you did there, Hannibal. Okay, I give you that. <laughs> if it came out of any other actor, I'd be like, uh-huh. but I love when they do it for Mass, just because Mass can sell it. You should, like we're living in a golden age of Mass Mickelson right now because we got Death Stranding coming out, got Rogue One. That movie with Benedict Cumberbatch, I can't remember. Doctor Strange. Strange, I haven't seen it yet, but I kind of want to see it because two of my favorite actors in it, Mads and Michael Sturberg. But it's like, he, like, I'm glad everybody's seen that he's such a good actor. And I think Hannibal, the series, helped people see, like, how versatile he can be. Because he's not like that in real life, obviously. He's not a serial killer. But I just love how, um, like, remember that, uh, I sent JJ this thing once where it was a picture from Tumblr of a drawing by Hannibal Lecter. Uh, Mass is Hannibal Lecter and a picture by Mass that he drew himself and so the picture by Hannibal Lecter is like a chapel in in Italy and the picture by Mass is this little man smiling and holding a balloon and walking down a path and I'm like that sums him up like that's like because he's just like this cute scary guy like it's like he's scary but he's not um, he's like a teddy bear on the inside I love that I think that's why I like him so much. <laughs> uh, but your least favorite character or least favorite anything, and why? 
oh, definitely like the the dude, the pharmacy dude, Mr. Oh, Creeperzoid. Yeah. <laughs> Never trust the medical professions. <laughs> oh God, no! Oh my gosh, he gave me such like like nope vibes. <laughs> Like, the moment he, like, showed up on the screen, I was like, uh, yep, don't like him. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and it's, um, uh, like, he's in charge of your medicine, too. Like, he was using his pharmacy powers for evil. Like, he was giving people, like, he was killing people. Like, uh, this is, uh, it's a, uh, what is it, angel of death thing that some medical professionals fall into where they'll, they like the power they have over people's life and death. Like, if you give someone too much insulin, blah, like, you could die. And it's just like, he was horrible, because he's real. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I double, uh, like, even though I love my pharmacist that I go to, I was side-eyeing him when I had to go pick up my birth control. I'm like, I'm on to you, man. <laughs> but, well, how about you, JJ? What's, what's your least favorite thing about this episode? Uh, again, it would probably still have to be Jack Crawford, but like, you know, it's a it's a love hate, you know, because I really love uh, the actor who plays him, but at the same time, yeah, like, you know, it's just like Jack Crawford, you, damn it, <laughs> leave people alone, <laughs> leave Will alone. Well, I want to send um, Celeste these pictures of um, Hannibal. Con- like, there's a bunch of text posts on t- Tumblr about Hannibal confessing to being a killer. And uh, Jack totally missing the point. Like, so there's this episode where he's like, uh, Hannibal's on his deathbed, and Jack is there, and Hannibal's like, I'm the Chesapeake Ripper, and dies. And then um, Jack is like, he was the best cheesecake flipper ever. <laughs> just like, oh my god. Jack is not that dumb on the show, but still, it's just like, sometimes you wonder. Sometimes uh, you like, things, type of humor right there. The things I can introduce you to when we get down the line, Matt. <laughs> Have you seen that one parody called Hammable? No. It's with puppets. <laughs> Oh, oh, I like that. <laughs> and one of them, like, it shows the Hammable puppet calling the Will puppet in the middle of the night. And it's like, it's like, Will, Will. And he's like, who is this? <laughs> it's like, I just killed a man. Who is this? It's like, I killed him because he looked like you. Who is this? <laughs> it's Hammable. And then he hangs up. And then, and then he's like, who is this? <laughs> Or that Blue's Clues, uh, yes. Blue's Clues thing. I don't know if you've seen it, but it's um, Will adopts Blue of oh, Blue's Clues, the dog, oh. and ha- he's loving him and all stuff. And Hannibal, uh, there's a picture of Hannibal with Blue's paws all over it, and he's like, and then Blue dies, obviously, because Hannibal knows. He's like, I don't know how he did it. He said he's wrong. And so it's just like, I love the oh. the crack of this ep- the show because it's like it's such an episode you don't. It's just a show you don't think would be as funny because it is kind of dumb in some context, the crack that comes out of it. Like, uh, when we do the season one recap, I'm going to play something for you when we get there. Um, (laughs) But the least favorite character of this episode was that FBI agent when Freddy got arrested. Mm. He was just looking at her like, oh, you hurt my feelings. Like, I thought we had something true. Wasn't that uh, Jimmy Price? No, it wasn't. I don't think it was him. Like, it was somebody else, wasn't it? No, I can't remember. It, it, it was it was one of the trio. Of it was the, one of the trio. It was no. him. Yeah. No, it's not Jimmy. It, it's Brian. It's uh, yeah. It's Brian Zeller. I, I really li- dislike that because it's like you knew that she is like this 
this trashy blogger. You knew that she uses people. You have the file right in front of you. How could you feel hurt that she she used you to, to her own ends? Like, he was so hurt by it. And I'm like, it's such a, like a fuckboy thing to do. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I got the impression that he didn't know that she was Freddie Lowndes. I think she probably introduced herself as somebody else to him. It's like, I'm Eddie And through the, and through this whole thing, it, then it became, like, apparent, oh, dang. Like, like I'm going to be fired I, so I, hard. I accidentally hooked up with Freddie fucking Lowndes, you know? <laughs> it's like, oh, crap, I thought she was a man. Yeah. But I was like, yeah, that was my least, like, I think that would be something she used to her advantage, especially using Freddie as her name. I think that she probably mm-hmm. is, like, I don't know if Tattle Crime, she, she actually reveals who she is. I should check into that for the next episode, but... I, I, um, it's something in Brian Fuller's past episodes where girls will have male names, like traditionally male names. I think in Dead Like Me, her name's Georgie. Mm. I can't remember anyway. But yeah, like, uh, but the also, my least favorite thing about this episode, I mentioned it at the top of the show, Jack not tossing Freddie into jail, even though she he was doing it just so he wouldn't talk, she wouldn't talk about Will. But I think he also put it in her mind, like, Oh, yeah, talk about Will. Talk about Will. It's not good for his mental health. I'm just like, oh, don't give her any ideas, Jack. Mm. So any final thoughts, people? Hmm. I mostly want to hear from Celeste. Yeah, how she's doing <laughs> talk so about far bodies. The show. <laughs> I don't know. What do you want me to talk about? Oh, no, like just anything. I don't know. Let's see what I have. Well, you're only two episodes in, but I think you already saw episode three. We'll, we'll talk about <laughs> that soon. <laughs> but, uh, what, like, like, uh, you're, okay, you're two episodes in. We got a couple more to go. Like, what's what, how you feeling? I'm I'm kind of like fascinated by this show. Like, I've been so busy this week. That's why I haven't really seen the third episode. But I'll definitely going to be like looking forward to watching it. <laughs> it's going to be a special time. <laughs> and we're sorry we accidentally spoiled something. Yeah. We'll try oh, to keep for, that considered for <laughs> She doesn't know any details. So. Yeah, like I think because uh, I got spoiled for something that happened in season two, and I didn't like it, the journey is funnier, funner to me than the destination. So it's like figuring out how we got there that makes me happy. Mm. All right, but okay, so we're gonna end the show. But uh, where can everybody find you on social media? Okay, oh. so yeah, you can find me on Twitter as JJ Neeps. Uh, you can find me on uh, Tumblr as JJ Neeps. And actually, I was wrong last time. Uh, Instagram is JJ Neep and Films, which is, it's still me. And <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, you can find me on Tumblr and Instagram with uh, Satuma, S A T U M W A H. And yeah. Ah, well, I'm on Twitter and Tumblr as Honey underscore Child. Uh, on Tumblr, I'm trying to post less. Ha- like uh, ever since we started this podcast, I've been looking at more Hannibal stuff. <laughs> I know this, and I accidentally <laughs> tweeted something or uh, reblogged something that could be considered spoily. Uh, not really, because you don't know the context. But it's still like I'm trying to keep a crib member because uh, Celeste follows me, so I'm like, oh crap, I better not mention that. <laughs> it's like make sure it blocks. But I'm also uh, Ceramic Nadu. S O R. I don't know how to spell it. <laughs> but look up the female Green Lantern, Ceramic Nanu. That's me on Instagram. But I hope you guys. And what's our podcast Twitter? Oh, our podcast Twitter is hh hibachi at hh hibachi, and we're all. You can also email us at hannibalshornyhibachi at gmail dot com. Alrighty. Oh, yeah. So I guess Yay. we'll see you. See you next time for episode three when we yes. review. Which one is season three? Uh, I can't remember the name of the episode. episode yeah, it's in French. <laughs> <laughs> I, can, no, that's episode I don't speak of Francais. All right. Good night, everybody. <laughs> Bye. Bye.